Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. Welcome to Voice of the Church radio broadcast, and we're glad you can be with us today as we take time to focus upon God's Word to begin our year with a focus upon what God would have us do and learn in the coming year. It was one year ago this month that I had the unique privilege of spending time with my family in Panama City, Florida. That time came roughly two months after Hurricane Michael. You may remember it from the news. But Panama City had been devastated by the hurricane. As we spent time in the city, we spoke with the people who were there and found how significant the hurricane had been to their lives. Many of them used language like, well, before the hurricane, or after the hurricane. Before the hurricane, the mall was still open. Before the hurricane, we had Krispy Kreme donuts. But after the hurricane, everything closed down. There are times in people's lives where there are great events that we should remember and will shape us in a great way. And certainly, one great event that has shaped the entire human race is the coming of Jesus Christ. The reason we celebrate 2020 A.D., those little letters A.D., are Latin for Year of Our Lord, a reminder that the entire calendar is set upon that one great event of the first coming of Jesus Christ when Jesus came as a baby, born to this world as a man, that he might save sinners. And that's what we just finished celebrating in Christmas season. But as we consider the year to come, we remember not only the first coming of Jesus, but also the second that he will one day return, not as a baby born and laid in a manger. No, he will come as the King of kings and the judge of all the earth. And our focus on Voice of the Church for the month of January is to look upon that second coming of Christ as it's spoken of in Matthew 24 and 25, that we may learn what to expect at his coming, and we may be ready for that second coming of our Savior. Whether we personally follow Christ now, looking forward to the coming of our Lord, our Savior, our elder brother, or whether perhaps we are inquiring and learning about the Christian faith and wonder what it will be like when the end of the world comes. We turn to God's word to find leading and truth for the end of times. Our first passage is from Matthew 24, and this is the beginning of Christ's teaching on the end times. And he begins to describe it with words that may be familiar to you. I don't know if you've ever watched movies or read books on the end of the world. It may be an environmental disaster, it may be World War III, it may be nuclear apocalypse. All kinds of things are, are highlighted in movies and books for what could bring the end. But Jesus says these words in Matthew 24, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. When Jesus speaks about the end of time, he speaks about, indeed, catastrophic events. But they are not the end. The idea of wars and nations rising against nations, Jesus says specifically, they must happen, but the end is not yet. They are just the beginning of sorrows. What should we wait for then? What is a sign of his coming? Well, certainly those cataclysmic events remind us that Jesus will return. But Jesus tells more later in the passage. 
He says in verse 9, Then they will deliver you, and that is speaking to his disciples, Christians, followers of Jesus. They'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. As Jesus goes on to describe what to expect in the end times, he speaks of false teachers, people who will be false Christs, people who will stand up and and claim to be speaking for God, but they will not follow his word. They will not humble themselves to the truth of God as found in the Bible. And they will lead, says the Bible, many astray. What will it be like before the second coming of Christ? Oh, there may be wars, the wars may pass. There may be earthquakes, the earthquakes may pass, but there will be tribulation. There will be times when the teaching of God's word is not loved, when false teachers will deceive those in the church, and certainly those in the world. And yet Jesus gives some instruction here and begins to describe a little more before that instruction comes. For in verse 12 he says these words, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is perhaps one of the most chilling phrases in Christ's account of the end times. He speaks of how the increase of wickedness in the world will cause the love of many people to die, to grow cold. I don't know if you've ever been taken advantage of. Perhaps someone gave you a story that pulled at your heartstrings and you dug deep to give some financial help to someone who is in need, only to find out they lied to you, they took advantage of you. What happens the next time someone comes along with a sad story looking for help? We tend to close our hearts, don't we? We tend to remember when we were taken advantage of and we're slower to show compassion. Jesus says this of the end of time. He says, Because lawlessness or evil will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is a description of trials that we will face waiting for the coming of Christ. This is a warning of what we may have to endure. We may have to endure persecution if we stand in Christ. We may have to be betrayed by those we trusted as we stand in Christ. But we also have to watch our own hearts. Because in a world where evil abounds, our own tendency towards sin will cause our love for God and for others to die, to grow cold. It's the same thing we saw in the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. How Jesus spoke of their involvement in so many things, but said, I have this against you. You have lost your first love. Repent and do the first works. Beloved in the Lord, as we consider the end times and the year to come, one thing we need to be careful of is to guard our own hearts. To ask the question, is our love for God still growing? Do we still love the church? Do we love the lost? Do we love the gospel? Or has the increase of trouble and rumors of wars and difficulties in our nations cause our love to grow cold. The reason this is so important is because Jesus goes on in the very next verse, verse 13, to say, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So Jesus pictures a time of tribulation, of persecution, and of inward distress as the love of some die. And then he says to us in verse 13, But in contrast to those whose love grows cold, In contrast to those who who stop trusting in the Lord, the one who endures to the end is the one who will be saved. And here is the commission, here is the calling of Jesus for the end times. What does it mean to wait for Christ? 
What does it mean to, to face another new year and wonder what will come in the future that is there? Well, one of the calls we have is to realize that no matter how much time passes, God has a call set upon his people to press on, to keep fighting the fight of the faith. And we will have times when our own sin will challenge that, and we'll have times when the evil of the world around us will challenge that. We may even have times where natural disaster threatens our faith, but God calls us to press on. Why? Because though the world may change, though events may change, though nations may rise and fall, the King of Kings does not change, and He remains on His throne forever. What does it mean to be ready for the coming of Christ? It means that we press on as a church. We press on as Christians. We press on in knowing the Lord, serving Him in love, loving others, loving the gospel. We press on because He is worthy of all our love. And if He calls us to suffer, there is no suffering that we shall endure in this life, that He shall not meet with a thousand blessings in the life to come. And so we look at this time. We look at the reality of difficulties in the world around us. We look at our own hearts and we hear the call of Christ to press on. But there's one more thing we want to touch on before we end our broadcast today. What do we endure in? Certainly we endure, we persevere in the faith, we persevere in holiness, we persevere in loving the Lord and loving our neighbor as ourself. But Jesus goes on in verse 14 to say these words, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. There is a great purpose that God has laid upon his church through every age. And it is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a very simple thing to think that the greatest impact of the church will be done through simply preaching, teaching, sharing a message of a crucified and risen Savior. But Paul says in Romans 1.16 that he is not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. What does the end time look like? What does the time look like as we wait for Christ? It may be a time of suffering. It may be a time of tribulation. It may be a time of global uncertainty. It is always a time where Christ sits on the throne and always a time when the church has a calling to make known the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world, knowing that we have a message that can bring light in the midst of darkness and life in the midst of death. And that gospel is the power of God to salvation, confesses scripture. It can take those rebels, it can take those who would persecute us, it can take those who betray us and draw them to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And our calling as God's children today is to love the Lord, to love the lost, to press on in faith and holiness and zeal, and to make the gospel known. Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Share it over a coffee with a friend. Delight in praising God for it as you attend a church on Sundays. Speak of it with those who know Christ and speak of it with those who don't. Support missionaries. Become a missionary ourselves. Support ministries in our city to go to the poor and the hurting and share the good news of Christ, both with action and with words. That's our call as a church. As we come to another year, as we come to another year as a Christian, what are we to be looking for? Well, we know Christ will return. 
Let our eyes be set upon heaven. But as we wait, let us not fail to press on in the faith, grow in our love for God and neighbor, and make the gospel, which is the power of God into salvation, known to the ends of the earth. Have a great week, and tune in with us again next week on Voice of the Church.